Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Stag. Man and his amazing friends. All right. Well, it's um. It's a little tense in the room, uh, if you ask me. <laughs> we are, uh, we're here recording, Ryan, it's the uh, 63rd episode of your podcast, but wow. of course, a couple of those episodes uh, weren't necessarily by you. We already know the show has traded hands a couple of times, uh, mm-hmm. once to the monster known as Chip Zdarsky, mm-hmm. who we've maybe made a little bit of amends with, it sounds like. No. Um, not you guys, maybe. But Ryan... No. Absolutely not. Well, he treated us like grade-A garbage, so I think yeah. I'm still in it. Ethan, do we still hate Chip? Uh, Yeah, last I checked, yeah, I fucking hate Chip. All right, Good. well, we hate Chip, but of course, there was someone else in the mix. Uh, mm. It's it's known as Stegman and his amazing friends. It's been known as Chip Z and his real friends. But it's also been known as the Soul Train. Perhaps uh, most for, iconically. For a single Woo-hoo! week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And of course, that happened after a legal fiasco mm. resulted in Charles Soul being the the owner, the sole owner, you could even say, of the podcast, and mm-hmm. Ethan and I, seeing yeah. as our contracts mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. state that we are the actual intellectual property of whoever owns the podcast. Um, so, without further ado, I guess. Uh, hey, hey, Charles Soul, how's it going? <laughs> hey, everybody. I, I would like to immediately start by saying that fiasco is a term that I do not agree with. Uh, you will be hearing from my <laughs> oh, attorneys. No. Um, yeah, you, you guys just can't help but put yourselves in the shit. You know, you just can't help yourselves. My advice is don't yeah. talk. My, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. you just dig these fucking yeah. great, dig these great. I'm just yourself. so happy anyway, that, it's great that Charles, to be back. Great that to Charles be back. came on the show today to apologize to us for what he did. <laughs> It's great to have you here for your apology. I was ready. I was ready, you know, and then fiasco of all the words. I would say that what happened in those earlier episodes was one of the most scintillating, diamond-like precision uh, explorations of legal acumen that maybe the field has ever seen. And it was, that was, that was unleashed on your podcast, Ryan. And I call it yours because it is yours again. You're no Giuliani. Holy cow, fiasco. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'm not leaking. I'm not currently leaking. Oh my goodness. It is, I realize this is not why people tune into your podcast, but what a time for, for the law. Right yeah. now. Whatever passes for the law in this country is yeah. really something these days. Crazy time to be a anyway. fan of law, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. It adds, I agree. Oh my goodness. Um, but that's not what people yeah. tune into Stegman anyway. and his amazing friends for, of course. They tune in to not. hear from all sorts of comics creators <laughs> led by Mr. Ryan Stegman. It's your podcast, sir. What, how's your week going? Hi, Ryan. Hi, uh, Ryan. My week is uh, exactly like every other week. <laughs> All right. You know, Ryan, actually, that's interesting. I, I was going to ask you because it's been a while since I've been on, and I wanted to ask you what you've been up to. 
since um, we last talked. What's been going on? <clears throat> well, drawing... we we wear the same shirts now, Charles. As you can see, <laughs> Ryan and I thing, are both yeah. fans of plain gray t-shirts. It's actually Ethan. You you really fucked up tonight. <laughs> I you know. knew your, the dress code. Well, um, you know it's a gray t-shirt night. Come on, yeah. dude. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's wearing royal gray, and Ethan <laughs> decided. To, to transgress and also a royal gray, yes. which is a, a really terrible choice. But I anyway, got overzealous go ahead, about impressing to? Charles. I was like, fuck, it's, it's <laughs> been a while. I got to make a new impression. Um, so yeah. I've been, uh, I've been drawing this, this damn book, um, <laughs> mm. this King in black that, uh, basically is the hardest thing I've ever had to draw. And it doesn't, it, well, I'm getting close to the end now. So I'm almost done with issue four. Uh, deadlines are looking solid. I'm good, you know. I'm in the home stretch, um, but everything else other than that is like exactly the same as the last time we talked. I may have lost a wow. little bit of weight. <laughs> yeah, you look good. You look Thank good. You. The beard, you know, accentuates the jawline. You look sure. Look good. Thank you. Yeah, you good. always look. I don't know good. which Are you one. Of you? Me? I'm not sure. I'm. I'm looking at the. I don't know which one of you is which. Actually, you look kind of identical. It, it's mm. clear that this is mm-hmm. a single white female situation. <laughs> yeah, we all kind of look the same age. I, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, vaguely. Um. So, well, I, I mean, I mean, let me tell you what I've been up to then. I yeah, mean, since, please, no. please. God, it's been a while. It's been since, um, I don't know, late, late 2019, early, early 2020. Well, you stole the podcast been... from us uh, last October was when that oh, happened. Oh, wow. It's, so basically it's been a year. Okay, God. Mm-hmm. So there really has been a lot that I've been up to. I've been, <laughs> let me think. Um, I've been, I mean, traveling a lot, which has been fun. Oh. I've been <laughs> all over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, Europe mm-hmm. and Asia. I uh, mm-hmm. spent some time in Africa, which was really cool. Wuhan, um, you said, right? Wuhan. <laughs> you, you went to China. Yes, absolutely. A lot of my a lot of my friends have been getting married, which has been a really lovely thing this year. So I'm going to a lot of weddings, a lot of um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, big weddings. You know, weddings. Lots of people. Uh, you know, hundred people, two hundred people. You know, it's been lots of fun. You know, the best part of that's the reception, the dancing. You know, yeah. everybody's. You know. You know, everybody gets a little the social interaction great time. is great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true, it's true. Um, that's been very fun. Um, you know, bumming around at bars, going to a lot of comic cons, <laughs> which is what I you know part of the job. That's been really fun. Meeting a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. A lot um, of face to face, face to face time. You know. Oh uh, yeah, you know, you shake really, the hands, yeah. you give hugs for the people who really care. You know, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been, you know, I'm a movie guy. I've seen a lot of movies, mm-hmm. lots of movies, which has been <laughs> really fun. Um, there's been some good stuff out. I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, God, what else have I been up to? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, movies too. Well, I've seen a lot of clips of movies, mm-hmm. uh, on my computer. Um, they, you know, just like, uh, like usually like about, I don't know, three minutes of particular movies, but go ahead. Keep going. All right. All right. Ryan, Pizzo, Pete. <laughs> revolting god um well charles uh, listen you know the, that... you know let me you, the other thing i've really gotten into this year is um is sports you know i was never really Ooh. a big sports guy but i've been going to a lot of sporting events mm-hmm. um and for me it's not so much i don't really care about the team it's about being part of this sort of shared communal experience with yeah. like all the people around you know mm-hmm. um you know you get a beer you get a hot dog you get some popcorn you know you hear the roar of, of the crowd it's been wonderful so a lot of so fun. that and um, everyone's screaming like you know just excreting air from their face mm-hmm. out into the open and everyone loves uh, that's it that's a very that's a very weird thing to it's focus a strange on way to put i uh, it. I, I have not i don't really think about the air people are putting out most yeah. of the time i just like to you know it's more the vibe for me so mm. so that's that's been my year it's been nice it's been really nice mm-hmm. um you know so well, I, i'm sorry that yours has been so different ryan that sounds weird i guess you're busy you're trying to keep he's, busy he's um, busy he's locked himself away in his basement all yeah. year working on the next big great marvel event 
I have, a, I guess there's a big I, world out there, brother. There's a big world out there. I you forgot about the one it. thing that I've been doing, which is the uh, I, I took up a new sport myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called competitive mouth spitting. <laughs> <laughs> and we just spit yeah. in each other's mouths until we can't take it anymore. That's it's awesome. Really or or you or you 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 get this terrible cough that yeah. comes up out yeah. of nowhere and right. you just sort of yeah careful really, right. you could really, get that's a really good no way to bond it. with the kids is doing like the mama birding is what people call it yeah mama yeah. birding mm-hmm. you gotta be careful though you could get mono you could Watch get mono, mono. Yeah. you never know when it's yeah that's pop true up. the kissing disease well yeah, that's a rough one Charles that all sounds really fun and uh, I can't oh, quite God, say yeah. that I've had the same year I did notice you left a particular thing off that list. That being, um, you've written a lot of Star Wars this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Since um, we last talked, the uh, the Project Luminous team got to reveal the entire High Republic uh, publishing campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, of course, are leading the way with the release yeah. of your novel, The Light of the Jedi, oh, which yeah. comes out yes. early January, January 8th. Is it? January 5th. 5th, my apologies. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You recently put out the first eight chapters of that book, uh, which yep. are now on the internet for folks to read. I, myself, am, am saving myself for the nice, pristine, physical reading. That's good. Uh, Save yourself for the night, the night of January 5th. You know, lay um, down on your bed, get ready, get the book. Listen, you know. Charles, I had tickets to Celebration this year, and I was very, very excited yeah. to get it. At celebration, read it at celebration, Man. be with all the fans. And I assume, were you going to be there? I, I we weren't sure. I, of course, it was too far out. look yeah. the 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 thing. So, so yeah. So 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 Star Wars is doing this this massive new thing because, um, you know, my gallivanting aside, the world is really in a in a place where you can't do a lot of things you used to be mm-hmm. able to do. And so, unless you're Charles, filming movies, filming TV shows, whatever. Um, so so the High Republic is a new initiative for Star Wars that is based around publishing, which is great. So because publishing you can do, because writers can write and artists can draw, and so we have a um, uh, a situation where there's going to be a bunch of books coming out, a bunch of comics coming out, and then more more stuff sort of down the road. But but it's all going to launch with a a adult novel, a young adult novel, a middle grade novel, and then two comic series, one from Marvel and one from IDW. Um, and, uh, the other, so, so basically the way this all came together is that there were back in, God, 2017, I think, 2018, long time ago, um, an executive at Lucasfilm named Mike Siglain, who's, who's I know Mike, Mike, yeah, he he used to be an editor at DC. Yeah, at DC, absolutely, he's fantastic, truly, truly a great guy, and so Mm -hmm. he runs publishing at Lucasfilm, and he, um, decided that he wanted to do this kind of like a massive crossover across all these different lines of business, which was sort of unheard of and is, was a big deal. And he wanted it to be in its own new era of Star Wars so that uh, it wouldn't have to like, you wouldn't have to worry about what Ray was up to or anything like that. Or, you know, Han Solo, mm-hmm. you know, whether Han Solo had a beard or not or whatever the thing was. And so um, he, he handpicked five writers. It's, so it's me, Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland, um, Claudia Gray, and Daniel Jose Older to um, be part of the, the brain trust that built whatever this new thing was going to be. So we flew to Skywalker Ranch, and we spent like a week there kind of figuring out, yeah, it was pretty amazing, um, figuring out what we were going to do. Um, and and we came up with ideas and pitched them, and, and it all sort of turned into the High Republic, which is an, an era of Star Wars set about 200 years before The Phantom Menace, um, where the Jedi and the Republic are, are at their height and things are really kind of badass and cool and the Jedi are really confident and we're like, 
you know, white and gold outfits and have lightsabers with cross pieces and it's kind of Arthurian and, and really neat. Um, and uh, then bad things start to happen. So, so that's, you know, that's all starting in January um, mm-hmm. with my novel Light of the Jedi, as was mentioned. Um, but it was supposed to start in August and the the COVID pandemic just pushed everything back for many, many reasons. Like just, you know, I, Ryan, I don't know if you found this to be the case. Like your, your deadlines are, are, are intense. And so I don't know if you can just be like, I can't draw today, but I know that for a lot of creative people, the pandemic has been really, really challenging in terms of getting creative work out. Have you actually, have you found that to be the case or have you been sort of able to push through? I'm a sociopath. So <laughs> no, no, honestly that they, this book, this book actually would have come out in the summer King and black um, not, yeah. And it didn't get pushed back because of me. It just got pushed back because of the pandemic and the, the sure. stop in publishing. But I mean, thank God it did. Cause there's, I mean, I'll get a little bit done every day, but there's definitely days where I get to about, you know, three to four hours into the day. And I'm just like, I can't do this. I'm just going to go for like a six hour walk and hug a tree or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's true. It's, it's, you know, and it's funny to think about it because it feels like it was, it's in the rear view, but like, but that, whatever it was like March to June, like that, yeah. that publishing stop was it was kind of unprecedented and crazy and like it hit you it hit me like i had you know star wars 4 came out in like i don't know january of 2020 and then star wars 5 came out in august it was crazy mm-hmm. um and like you know you and i were fortunate that we were able to keep working through that time like our series were marvel decided to keep you know the taps open i guess for us to keep running but i know a lot of our fellow creators were were like yeah. just dead in the water and yeah. and still are like it mm-hmm. hasn't really it's a real, I don't know, like we're, we're very lucky, knock on wood, and that we get to keep doing this job. But, Absolutely, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I think it's going to, you know, I, I, we, we'll get to it. I'm sure we'll talk about what we think it's going to happen in the industry and all that stuff. But like it's, uh, it's really, it was and remains a really crazy time. But, um, but just talking about the cool stuff. So like, yeah, so, so we were supposed to go out in August, High Republic start then. Um, at celebration, it was supposed to be this big, massive thing, but obviously everything was just flipped over. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Lucasfilm, we all kind of, not we, I wasn't part of the decision process. Like we talked about it, but they made the call, um, to shift to January. And, and we think that hopefully it'll, it'll land really well. People seem really excited about it. Those eight chapters that were mentioned, which you can find on, um, starwars.com or, or just do a search on it. Later, the Jedi sample chapters, you'll find it, um, have been received really, really well. And I'm, I'm like, you know, like I've loved Star Wars since I was really little, like mm-hmm. as, as if we all, yeah. you know, and, and getting to basically kick off a new like Star Wars movie, kind of, even though it's a book is, is unbelievable. Like I can't believe it. Yeah. It's just the best. I, I was going to ask you, so like, as you say, you've been a Star Wars fan your whole life. Did you, as a kid, did you read the, the novels, the, the, the canonical Star Wars novels? Yeah, I did. Because, because, you know, hold on like, real quick Return of the Jedi. Have you ever yeah, had a fight with somebody where you say, "Yeah, but that wasn't canon"? About Star Wars? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't have to because I'm, I make canon. Yeah, Let's go. Um, so the uh, so as far as those books, yeah, like because after Return of the Jedi came out, um, there was a huge like drought in Star Wars anything. Like you know, like you'd go to the to Toys R Us, and if you were lucky, they'd have like some new Star Wars figures or something. But there wasn't anything, and it was this thing that we all loved so much. And then an author named Timothy Zahn put out this um, these three books called the Heir to the Empire Trilogy. And uh, they were super badass. It was like exactly what you wanted to have as your Star Wars sequel. 
um, sequels. And so I read those and that, that kind of kept the flame alive until the prequels in, you know, in, in the late nineties and early two thousands. Um, but yeah, I read, I'm a big, like in, in order to do this job on like the highest level, the star Wars stuff, you kind of have to know, you know, I, I say you have to have a PhD in it. You know, right. you have to know not mm-hmm. just, you know, who Han Solo's son is. Right. But you've got to know like, you know, what planet salacious crumb comes from and, you know, all, all of <laughs> right. that, you know, so Anyway. Do your wife and daughter care about Star Wars? Um, not to the degree I do, but I the thing is when when you realize that you have like you're obsessed with something that you really like that you care about something to that degree, you also understand that other people don't have to care about it to that level to still be okay people. And if you do insist that other people have to love something as much as you do, then the problem is with you, not with them. So, you know, everybody's fine, but I'm definitely the, you know, yeah, like I, I was just yeah. curious. I bought I bought lightsabers for quarantine, and you know, like there's you know there's a lot of a lot of humoring humoring Charles and his, his <laughs> stuff that he did. What lightsaber? Okay. What lightsabers did you buy, Charles? I bought Vader's, um, mm-hmm. which was you know the so so as part of all of the uh, the High Republic stuff, uh, they really treated us really well, and so we got to go to um, for the launch event. The launch event was at Disney headquarters in Anaheim. And then we mm-hmm. went to, um, or Burbank, sorry. And then we went to uh, Anaheim to Disneyland to Galaxy's Edge to have like a day of like, you know, bopping around. And they, mm-hmm. they gave us one of their, um, their like VIP guides. So this, this, this amazing woman named Hannah who was just like, oh, you want to go do Space Mountain? Sure. And we just cut the line. You want to do um, nice. Indiana Jones ride? Sure. You just go in. And it was, it was like, I mean, you can't believe how cool those places are when you don't have to like wait in line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it was it was an amazing day, but then at Galaxy's Edge, there's a place um, called Doc Ondar's Workshop where you can buy, um, or General Store. Anyway, it's his Doc Ondar store, and you can buy all kinds of stuff. And so I bought there. I bought uh, Obi Wan's lightsaber from Attack of the Clones because it's like this mm-hmm. really. It's a very cool design. And then mm-hmm. um, quarantine started, and I was like, well, what would be a cool thing to do in quarantine? I was like, well, I'm going to teach my daughter how to do the the Obi Wan Darth Vader fight from the end of New Hope. That will, her, that will, so that will see her through this time. Um, so I got the Darth Vader one, and then I was like, well, I should get another Maybe one. Maybe one more. Yeah. So yeah. I got the um, I got the uh, the uh, the Luke Skywalker Return of the Jedi Green one. Yeah. Um, so those are yeah. the ones I have. Hell yeah. Um, all of which are great. I, you know, they really they're they release them. I think it's all been slowed down because of the quarantine, obviously, and the pandemic. But they they were releasing new ones pretty regularly, and so they. Um, they had like sort of like a like a plan to put out all the different variants. Like you you wouldn't think it, but Obi Wan has had like six different lightsabers throughout his various yeah, oh, yeah. times. A whole like bunch. the one he has in A New Hope is not the one he has in Phantom Menace, for example. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's fun. I like I don't mind spending that money. Like it just it gives me a lot of joy to have that. It's too good. Crap. I've got mm-hmm. I've got one sitting in the corner of my room right now. It's funny you bring up Phantom Menace Obi Wan's. That was the first one I bought at Celebration mm-hmm. last year. I got to yeah. go to Galaxy's Edge back in January. I got myself the Skywalker saber, Ray's lightsaber yeah. uh, there. Yeah. That was awesome. And uh, I was so bummed because we wanted to build a lightsaber, but it was booked uh, for two months. So it was two months in yeah. advance. So that was a bummer. You know what you need to do? What you need cool. to do is get the VIP guide because they'll just cut you in and you can just Oh, you're it. right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. I gotta just. Uh, I gotta just. Advice. Just get that. Be a you gotta start Star up. You gotta start a new writer, publishing campaign within. Yeah, within gotta Lucasfilm just. And- 
Charles, I uh, I gotta ask you, as somebody who has no sense of self-control, I have read the first eight chapters of Light of the Jedi. Uh-huh. I fucking love it, obviously. I thought it was great. Um, and uh, I'm really, really excited about this whole era. Like, I've just been scrambling for any little details I can get. Um, and obviously, like, I think a lot of people, when this was getting teased, a lot of people thought it had something to do with, like, the Old Republic kind of era. Um, sure. And, sure. Uh, and, you know, saw a lot of speculation about that. It's, this obviously seems like a much more decadent kind of era for the Jedi than that was. You got there, like, a lot more technology and stuff with the, uh, like, the vectors and the long beams and stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I, it's super cool, and it's, it's honestly, like, cooler than I think we could have hoped for. And I wanted to ask you, were you a fan of the Old Republic stuff? And does this yes. kind of, like, what about this kind of would excite you more than working on just, like, kind of a restart of that? I mean, I love, you know, Knights of the Old Republic and all that stuff. Like, I, I was definitely a fan. I, you know, played the games, read the media, whatever. Like, it was super cool. But I, you know, we wanted to do something... Like, Star Wars is incredible. But it also sort of mines itself to a degree. You know, like it, yeah. it like George Lucas famously said, you, said, you know, it's like poetry, it rhymes. And, and there's, mm-hmm. there's beauty in that. But there's also a sense of, like, you know, th- these are massive concepts like the force and and the dark side and the light side and and choice and will and um you know and and even within the galaxy like the idea of of how a republic would work a galactic republic could possibly function like these are huge ideas huge beautiful science fiction fantasy concepts and the idea that they only have to be concerned with a a 50-year period during a galactic civil war focused on kind of one family and their their exploits like it's it's, it's, you know, there's more to it. And, um, so, so when we, when we, when we all went to Skywalker Ranch to figure this out, that was one of the main things we focused on was the idea that like Star Wars is massive. It should be massive. Let's do something that feels very authentic with Star Wars, but also super fresh and cool and new. And so we, um, we had this big whiteboard where we talked about all the things that we thought made, made Star Wars, Star Wars. And, right. uh, and and there were there were a lot of things on that board and, and a lot of them made it into the project and some of them didn't. Like but Chewbacca. Chewbacca, <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca. Um, Chewie's gotta be in there. Uh, Thank you, darling. Well, you know, I mean, the the timing doesn't like he was 190 years old in solo, <laughs> I believe. So so it doesn't, doesn't quite, quite work out timing. But young sexy Yoda. But, Young sexy Yoda. Uh, yes, we do have young sexy Yoda. <laughs> yeah, uh, who is merely uh, seven hundred years, six or seven hundred years old sexy. in this time. Um, so old so yeah, Ryan you know, is, that's, as, that's as hot as it gets. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was I really heard Griffin also refers to baby Yoda as sexy. Is that true? <laughs> that's not true. That's the three stages of Yoda that we're gonna have by the end of this: is baby Yoda in the Mandalorian, young sexy Yoda in the High Republic, mm-hmm. and then old. Very, very old dead Yoda in the I mean, original to, trilogy. To, to clarify, Yoda in the High Republic is still, he's like, you know, guy who buys a Trans Am to feel young. Like, he's <laughs> Mid, yeah, midlife crisis Yoda. All right. Okay. So we yeah, still got to wait a little while till we get to young, sexy Yoda. So I he looks it. the yeah, same, but, but, but he's got a leather this, jacket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, I, this this Yoda, like, he, um, you know, he he's, but he's, he he kind of owns it. Like he you he drives that Trans Am. Okay. You're like that's it. I can pull <laughs> yeah. off a Trans Am. You know. Um, all right. All right. You know. All you can really see are his arms on the steering wheel. But you know yeah. that somewhere in there is a dude pulling off. Yeah. The ears poking up. Yeah. Exactly. But you know he's pulling Sweet. off. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to like use all the tool. Like you know, there are lightsabers. There are Jedi. There are cool spaceships. There's like great aliens. You know. But the thing is, you can like. There's this whole bit. Um, 
because of the time period. Uh, and I know, like, I'm not supposed to say anything about this stuff, but there's, if this gets me in trouble, it gets me in trouble. It's not a big deal. But like, you know, like the, the Mon Calamari, right? Admiral, Admiral Ackbar's people. Um, mm -hmm. They are, uh, he lives on a planet with the Quarren, um, mm -hmm. who are the other race. We actually saw them in the last episode of The Mental They're people who look, their heads look like squids. And mm. um, they traditionally have hated each other. It's sort of the Israel-Palestine of the Star Wars universe. Mm. And so we, we like talk about how they're engaged in active conflict at this time because it's like, it's just, you, you, you touch on the things that people know, but you, you think about how they might be different 200 years earlier and you make them feel kind of fresh again and interesting. And so there's many, many things in the High Republic that are there for the intense fans, as I'm sure you saw when you read those eight chapters, but also plenty that's there specifically for the idea of being new and fresh and badass yeah. and cool and which is really really that's, fun to do that's definitely a feeling i got from the first eight chapters is like the way the lightsabers are described the way the tech is described the way even the force abilities are described is like okay this is gonna be a lot of star wars fans writing this of like of just thinking of what is the coolest star wars shit and then just jamming it all in there and so like I, it's it's very exciting man i can't wait for the rest of it well, I'm glad you liked it. Okay. Can I, I was, well, I wanted I, to interject something real quick. This is just a quick story mm -hmm. about my introduction to Star Wars as a kid. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. We have time for this? Yeah, of um, course. Yes, but <laughs> I wanted, to, I wanted to take a real quick second before we get into it to, from one of my favorite segments, which is What's Everybody Drinking? Uh, we already mm. asked Charles at the start of this. Charles has his classic Manhattan. Uh, last yes, time I, spoke, I believe you did as well. Do you, do you do anything different with it, or you just do a classic Manhattan? Um, I do uh, I do a black Manhattan, which is a variant that uses Averna, which is an, mm -hmm. uh, an Italian Amaro instead of the um, the uh, standard sweet vermouth, which I really like, but I didn't have any Averna, and so I made a normal one tonight with just normal sweet vermouth, which is delicious. There's nothing wrong with it, but the uh, that's the variant I, I'll do if I do one. Is it on the rocks? Oh yeah, absolutely. You got you got you got those Death Star ice cube things in there. You got the <laughs> ice cubes shaped like the Death Star. Um, I don't have the Death Star ice cubes, but I do have a uh, a Darth Vader ice cube and nice. a, a Darth Vader's head basically, and a BB-8 ice cube, which are both not cubes. They are, I don't know, other shapes. Ryan, yeah. what shapes are those? Uh, pyramids. Rom rom <laughs> pyramids. Thank you. Well, you got He's a visual guy. He works in the arts. Ice so rhombus. That's how he yeah. knows. Yeah, and Ryan, I think uh, I think we just heard uh, your wonderful wife Erin deliver you a uh, a new beverage for the night. Folks will remember Erin from last week's uh, ah. last week's hot ones challenge. Um, mm -hmm. She held out much better than you did, sir. I just want to add that um. <laughs> she's she's stoic. We she's we stoic. both by the end of that were pretty liquored up because we were both our mouths <laughs> were on fire and we were just like, oh, God, I gotta drink something. Yeah. <laughs> So at the end we were like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Uh, you got a dirty martini. That's wonderful, yeah. sir. Ethan? Oh, is, well, is... I mean, for, forgive forgive me if you guys don't catch this this reference. Uh, but uh, I, You're still I've drinking got a, I've Pepto. got a blue milk here, uh, if, you, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what that means. That's weird. You should throw that away. It's probably it's gone bad. <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, Charles... Green milk or blue milk? Did you try both of them? I did. I did try them both. Um, as I recall, I liked blue. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, all this as a real quick segue into my newest obsession, 
Uh, one that I didn't see myself getting into, one I'm disappointed in myself for getting into even a little bit, and that is, uh, I'm drinking some kombucha tonight, folks. Oh, and, uh, oh, you, well, you have the top God. nut. You gotta start I drinking kombucha. I got the kombucha. top nut, Toilet so water. I'm almost, I, I don't know. I'm almost legally uh, required, uh, Charles, you'll know this, of course, I'm legally required, as I do have a top nut, I must be drinking kombucha. Sorry, Ryan, I'm gonna cut this At least this once a day. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm editing this. I'm going to put this right at the start. I've heard this too much. <laughs> enough with the kombucha. Um, is, is, Aaron, is Aaron in earshot, Ryan? No, she's upstairs. She did uh, read all of uh, anyone, though, which I haven't mustered the uh, time eh, to do. Whatever. Look, you, you don't have much it. time. I understand. That's good. I'm really glad. Um, yeah, man, stuff like that. Like, it, that's the bummer. You know, like, I, you know, we, we, you and I, here we are hanging out on this podcast with two other people. But, like, you know, like, okay. it's, it's fun to, it's fun to, uh, you know, like, hang out at shows and, like, catch up and, you know, like, the, all, I just miss it. You know, I miss it very, very much. But please, please give her my best. I hope she's doing all right. I will. Man, I also miss hanging out and catching up at shows. That, that was a time and a half. Let me that tell one you time guys. you did that it. one time was the best time of our young lives. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you know, like the the thing is for for you know Ryan and me. This is not going to be a surprise mm-hmm. to you guys, but like mm-hmm. you know, we would go someplace awesome like every two to three weeks. You know, like yeah. and um and mm-hmm. and like the least awesome place you would go would be like. Nashville, you know, which is still has a lot of cool stuff to do, you know, like, yeah. and, and sometimes you go someplace like Paris Omaha, or, or you, you know, Tokyo or whatever, Omaha, whatever. Sure. You know what I mean? But like you would, and even when you were in a place that was maybe not as exciting as Paris or Tokyo, you would be there with your friends and you would find right. the, you know, the cool bar or you would just, even you would be at the, the stupid Hyatt, hotel bar. The Hyatt and like, The Hyatt, whatever, you know, and you'd be bullshitting all night. And it was just, it's, it's a true reset, re- recharge. Yeah. Yeah, the stakes are a lot higher for you guys because you guys, like, when this is all happening, you're like, oh, damn, I'm not going to be hoisted up on a chair by my fans in New York this week. But for me and Griffin, it's like, I guess we're not going to Olive Garden on Friday. You know, like, it's that kind of different story. I thought I forbade (laughs) you guys from going to Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the last time I was at Olive Garden, to be completely honest, even pre pandemic. I don't remember. This is more like that's true, okay. But but what I mm-hmm. what I'm more saying is that we we have sort of a very special, unique community, and yeah. we like until it's taken away, you don't realize how much you really you know how how awesome it is to be able to like be like, hey man, I'll see you at the bar in 20 minutes, you know, and we'll talk yeah. about we'll reminisce about that incredibly cool like you know whatever crazy stuff we did on Inhuman or whatever the thing is, Ryan. You know, like mm-hmm. like there yeah. are people that you have. Because we've made things together, you know, we've made things and they were put out into the world and they, and people experienced them and, you know, we did it together and it's, it's a very unique thing. And I think that being able to share that experience, even just share the, have a shared language about it is really special. And, um, you know, you know, totally agree. It's, it's no, you know, it's no picnic for anybody, right? Like I'm not saying that anybody's experience is, is, is any better or any worse than anybody else's, but, um, the idea that like we we really built this very kind of not built it just sort of happened but like you're part of this community of people who have a very specific weird ex- set of experiences mm-hmm. that you can kind of only really talk about with them and then it's you know it's a bummer to have it have it be taken away for a little while but it'll come back that vac those vaccines look good you know absolutely hey, they're looking so be good fine. some of the best yeah. looking vaccines I've ever seen. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Sexy vaccines. Absolutely. All right, but people are Ryan, gonna, people are gonna lose their shit if I don't tell my introduction. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. it. Let's go. I can feel the the 
anticipation from the fans, oh, the yeah. future fans. Yeah, of lose this their episode. shit. All right. All right. So we're going to start with, I, I didn't see it for a long time, okay? I didn't see it when I was little. I don't know. My dad My dad wasn't into it. My dad was only into Chuck Norris and, uh, <laughs> you know, like kung fu movies. Um, so <clears throat> I didn't have access to Star Wars. But we moved into this house, and we had a neighbor, uh, young Billy. I'm not going to say his last name, obviously, because I don't want to give anything away. Ooh. Billy. Um, D. Williams. <laughs> Billy had every Star Wars toy that ever existed. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was amazing. Like just gobs and gobs of Star Wars toys. They were so cool looking. I didn't mm-hmm. know what this thing was, but I was obsessed with these things. Yeah. Now I would go to Billy was a, a huge liar. He was one of those kids who would just make mm-hmm. shit up. Mm-hmm. Like he, he everybody said, knows a Billy. He told me the uh, if you took mm-hmm. the insides of um, Crayola markers out that that like uh, little tube that's in there with the color and the, the sponge. Yeah, yeah. That if you took it out of there, it became like a nuclear bomb. But you had to let it gestate in the dark for uh, two weeks. And so, um, he, he, and then he proceeded to sh- show me his drawer full of these things. So not only had he made up a lie, but he was planning on blowing up the world. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, Billy, mm-hmm. his parents, uh, as I got to know him, um, started going through what I would call a brutal divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> now his mm-hmm. parents I would go over there and his parents would start screaming at each other and like trying to break down doors to get oh, at each other God. Oh, God. The what what it turned out happened I found this out late years later um, was that his dad had one of his good friends uh, move in this, this woman from that he knew from before and she moved into the house and she was just like you know down on her luck and she was living with them for a little bit well he started sleeping with her so the mom went crazy um, and so she would just they would just scream at each other and it was it was a real nightmare but it's a testament to the Star Wars toys <laughs> yes. that I did not stop going over there under any circumstances wow I would just they were go so over cool there, witness these crazy fights and mm-hmm. we would just keep playing with Star Wars toys. Hell okay. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Then so, to you, also, so for you, the soundtrack of Star Wars is not beautiful John Williams music, but it's Billy's fucking parents screaming <laughs> at each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And isn't yeah. it perfect yeah. that his name is Billy also? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I, the real So this is, this is interesting on a couple of levels, Ryan, because, I mean, the action figures, the toys side of Star Wars is huge. It's been a part of the Star Wars fandom since day one, even before the movie was even officially released. It was Kenner hyping up those toys. Uh, and of course, George had this foresight, right? He kept all those rights, all the toy rights and everything. So the toys, the Star Wars toys are a huge part of the, the fandom, I would say. Yeah. And, uh, and I also love how, you know, your introduction to Star Wars is purely on a visual on like a design level mm-hmm. because you know you're not you don't know anything about the story of these characters i mean it took me or, a few years after that to see the movie yeah right and so the thing that sort of captured your your attention was the some of the designs of these characters and mm-hmm. and the design that this world sort of holds and makes a lot of sense because that's i think one of the reasons why we keep coming back to star wars and that it wasn't just a couple of movies in the 80s fuck out of here ethan i'm gushing about star wars no i was still <laughs> laughing about ryan's fucking story <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
know why I felt the need to tell that story. I just, I just, I just love good. the phrasing it brutal good. divorce. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember going to Billy's after the divorce was completed and uh, he, his dad lived. It was like the typical like d- end of divorce story where the dad's just in this tiny apartment <laughs> and he and Billy just had free reign. There were no rules in that apartment. <laughs> Let's we played go. Mario. We played Super Mario Brothers two, I think, for like fifteen straight hours. <laughs> That's sick. That's sick. It's so awesome. Charles, All how right, long I have guess... you played Mario? Yeah, what's your longest uh, Mario Brothers two run? Fifteen hours and twenty minutes. How about that, Ryan? Oh, nice. nice. We got you, Ryan. <laughs> Eat shit, Billy and Ryan. Man, I knew I knew Charles would have. Ki- were you a video game kid, Charles? Uh, yeah, I had a like a TI ninety four um, Texas like which which was not it was it was not really a game console, but it was it kind of was. It was basically like this sort of it was a keyboard that you could plug into your TV and did it have like it was, snake on it the yeah like yeah. stuff like that. It had like really the thing that the reason my my mom and dad decided it was okay to get for me because it, it because it was something that you could use to like. You know, Texas Instruments makes bra- graphing calculators and stuff like that. So you could use it to, like, you know, program basic and all that. But for me, it was just like, well, it just has terrible games. You know, like, the, <laughs> it doesn't have um, whatever, Pitfall or whatever sweet game was, was available at the, you know, the, the games I actually wanted to play. But, but I also kind of was, you know, like all of us, was a nerd. And the idea of being able to, like, you know, type in my own games and all that stuff was fun. Um, and so that was my first one. And then eventually we ended up getting like, you know, the very, like super NES and NES and and the various systems. And, um, you know, I didn't have, and then I was all PC, you know, all PC games. I never had a console of any kind really, um, until like basically quarantine. I got a PS4 because I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to have a lot of time. And so I've been playing, um, like catching up on the big PS4 franchise games, like, you know, Uncharted and Spider-Man game and, Mm -hmm. um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which has been like, was, was super fun to play. And so I, and the, you know, the reason I never got a console was because I was, I was worried that I would get obsessed and just sit there and play the games. And guess what? That's, (laughs) I got obsessed and sit there and play the games, (laughs) which is, you know, which is, is great. It's very escapist, but there's a fine line between this is distracting me from my work for a few minutes and this is having a drastically terrible effect on my productivity. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm managing that a little bit, but it's, I, you know, I'm, I think we all deserve to forgive ourselves a little bit during quarantine. This is not normal in any shape. You know, yeah, the no. fact that any of us have produced any work at all in the last yeah. six months or so is unbelievable. Have you found a game that holds a candle to breath of the wild yet? <laughs> no, 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 I have not. I mean that, <laughs> that game, you know what? I, I played the whole thing again. Um, I, yeah, this nice. summer, I have been, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's so good and beautiful and, like, like uplifting in this... And like, relaxing, kind of vague, comforting. Yeah, in this, like, vaguely spiritual way that a video game kind of shouldn't be, but, like, you just... Yeah, absolutely. No, that was... I always I, think about you know, something you said to me in mm. text or on Twitter or something, but I said, I said something to you about home, and you said, no, Ryan, Hyrule is home. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's, That's beautiful. I mean... Kinda, you know, you just escape your problems and beat mm-hmm. up some bokoblins and whatever and do your thing. But, um, you know, that that game's been great. Um, I don't know what else I played. Did uh, you a bunch uh, of different stuff? Did you play uh, Jedi Fallen Order by chance? I did. I played Jedi Fallen Order. I played. Um, I actually, I I did writing for Battlefront Two, and I never oh, nice. played it. Um, 
And then I, so I got that. I played through that. I played Doom Eternal, which was hugely mm. satisfying and fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got been playing Ori and the Blind Forest, which is an indie game um, that I got for my PC. Uh, you know, whatever. Just like bunches yeah. of games. And, um, and you also have a super cute Animal Crossing island, right? <laughs> mm. I don't. My daughter does. My my yeah. daughter has the Animal Crossing island, but she she definitely like it's it's so funny. Like we're all staring down quarantine too, right? Like the real like whatever's happened since around August or whatever, July August, depending on where you live. Um, like it's pretty clear that that December January February are gonna March I think even are gonna be rough, yeah, for sure, just brutal. Like it's hard to even think about how bad it's gonna be. Um, and so. Right. So I don't know about you guys, but like the resolve and like the oomph and the impetus that I had in March, like, you know, we're going to bake some sourdough bread or we're going to find all these unique things. Like, it feels like that reservoir is down to like down yep. to zero. Yeah. So, um, and, and the idea of like finding a bunch of fun outdoor winter sports doesn't sound like, I don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, I think we'll all, fig- everybody's going to get through it, but um, it definitely feels a little bit more ominous than the last we're, one. We're mm-hmm. at the, we're at the point with the boys where we're like... Um, no, you can't play a video game right now. You have to do something else. And then the and boys, then, me and Griffin, are like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz. Gee whiz, no, pops. We tell them they're not allowed to play video games, and then it takes about 10 minutes, and we're like, oh, my God, shut up. Play some video games. <laughs> play some video games, for God's sake. Yeah, no, I, if, if, if I were a game developer and I had some, like, if I had an Animal Crossing or whatever, I would be like to my team that was like almost ready I would be like I we will pay you whatever amount of overtime it takes just get this game ready to go because if we can get Well it that's out what there I think now. about this this Zelda this second uh Breath of the Wild. Mm. Mm. Oh my out. god. Like just, if you oh would, my god. The, if you would put that out or or <laughs> the next novel in the um Game of Thrones series. Mm. Yeah. Those two things. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you yep. put out the next novel in the Game of Thrones series, it would sell a billion copies, right? Now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. would yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a tough thing, you know. Like I, you know, we work in content creation, and and you and I, Ryan, work in a field where we can we can still ply our trade, even though we're in this quarantine time. But you know, you talk to people who are in the TV business or the film business, and they're just like, I, you know, we're doing our best. You know, we're making deals, we're trying to make things happen, but like you really, you just kind of can't. I mean, I have a buddy who is a showrunner on a show for Nickelodeon, um, mm-hmm. nice. and they have kid actors and kid actors is challenging already because you have to deal with all the union rules and the kids and all the stuff. So, mm-hmm. so they can only work for like whatever, four hours a day or whatever the amount is. And, um, the studio is paying for like, everybody's getting COVID tested on every shooting day, which is great, but it takes, it's rapid testing. So it takes like an hour or so to, um, to get the results back. And that cuts into that counts as part of the time that the kids are allowed to work. And so every morning he's like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. You know, they're just sitting there and like the amount of money that's being burned. It's like, like Mount, it's like in, in dark night, right? When like that mountain of money got set on fire, it's like that every minute. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so he told me the story of one time when um, like, you know, there's whatever, there's like four or five kid actors and, and the lab calls, they all get their tests and the lab calls and says, Oh, you know, whoops, we lost, the test for one of the actors we're just but it's not a big deal we'll just go back we'll just test him again and my buddy was like he almost like lost his like the the it's it's like you know the straw that breaks the camel's back because it's like this means that what was a 75 minute window of lost time is now a 150 minute window of lost time it's two and a half hours of shooting time we can't Oof. do today and like just the 
and, and he, you know, he went on. I just let him talk. It was clearly something that bothered him a lot. So I just let him talk about it for half an hour and it was fine. But like the, the way that these small things like that, you know, impact all of our lives individually on, you know, it's crazy. Like everything is kind of, it's everything is a house of cards right now and the smallest things can blow it over. And it's really, it's challenging. It's just really challenging to, to maintain that momentum and um, focus that we need to do our jobs. But, but we're professionals and we can totally do it. Right, Ryan? <laughs> no! Let's do uh, some pop culture news. Let's do some pop culture news. <laughs> I was going to run down a couple of other things Charles has going in his... Yeah, Ryan, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. Because, Charles, I want to ask you, can you confirm for me, and this is just a rumor that I've heard, but not only are you writing Star Wars uh, that doesn't have pictures, gross, uh, you are writing (laughs) Star Wars that does have pictures, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful pictures. Um, So I'm writing the main Star Wars flagship comic for Marvel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think issue... I think issue eight just came out, so issue nine yeah. is coming soon. Um, and we've had amazing artists on it. Jesus Saiz did issues one through six. Yeah. He's incredible. Ramon Rosanis did seven and eight. And then we have, uh, uh, I feel so bad. Like, sometimes when you work with artists, especially in this time when, like, it's, you know, it's quarantine. So I have not gotten had a chance to meet these people at Khan. So um, I do not know how to say this artist's name properly, but I'm going to try. It's mm-hmm. it's like Jan or Jan, J-A-N. Like Belzua, Belzua, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're fantastic, uh, and so they're really good. And then, um, so but because of that gap in publishing from like March to June that we mentioned earlier, like we're way way ahead. So like I've mm-hmm. written through, I don't know, like thirteen or fourteen at this point. And and one thing I'll say about the Star Wars books is that they're all so there's four titles right now. There's Star Wars, Darth Vader, Bounty Hunters, and Afra. Um, Dr. Mm-hmm. Afra, and they're all building up to this really, really cool thing that I know Marvel would be really mad at me if I talked about, but it is, it's exciting to think that, you know, we're, we're doing something really cool that I am, uh, I don't know, I'm just jazzed about. Like, I, I think it's a, it's a really fun time to be working in Star Wars kind of when the focus is away from the, the Skywalker saga. You know, like, you can, you can yeah, do a lot of yeah. really interesting things with with the corners of the galaxy that maybe have been a little bit less explored, um, so it uh, it's fun and and getting to you know my the Star Wars series I'm doing is set immediately after Empire Strikes Back, so we're dealing with like mm-hmm. how does Luke Skywalker be go from the dude sort of the whiny dude who gets his hand cut off by his dad to the total badass that we see at the start of Return of the Jedi like that's a pretty big character leap in a year that isn't really explained mm-hmm. so I'm you know so I'm getting to tell that story and. Um, like how does Lando like at the end of Empire Strikes Back Lando's like like nobody's gonna like trust Lando at all like he's a total mm-hmm. you know he's a scumbag but then in Return of the Jedi everybody loves him he's there rescuing Han he's a general in the rebellion like how does that happen like what happens right. in those stories to make him somebody everybody loves so it's um it's just neat to take those to deconstruct what must have happened between Empire and, and Jedi um, and, and figure out how to mm-hmm. tell those stories in a fun way. So it's pretty cool. It's exciting because I love the Jason Aaron run and the Karen Gillan run and stuff, but I do think that between five and six is a much more ripe story area than between four and five. Like there, It just seems like there's so much more to do, and I, you, can, you guys can check out the previous episodes for me to gush about like the, your previous Darth mm-hmm. Vader work and stuff. So Griff mm-hmm. and I have been so hyped <laughs> about this book. Why are we so excited about Luke with the gold lightsaber? I don't know, but we are. <laughs> but it's sick because it's sick. <laughs> 
it's cool. I mean, you know, the the idea of Luke Skywalker getting to, like, because he goes. The, all right, so this I can encapsulate this, and I can see Ryan's expression as as whose experience with Star Wars is basically Billy and and screaming. Um, <laughs> I get it, I get it. But there's trust me, there's plenty of people who think this is fascinating, Ryan. No, 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 um, I like this. I'm glad that they've got good questions for you. I I don't understand hardly any of it. It's fine. Yeah, it's very accessible okay. conversation. I'll drink my martini. Ryan. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Just sit back. The lean back. So so the thing that's really fun about. Luke in particular is that his clearly he like when he goes from who he is at the end of Empire when he gets that like you know Luke I'm your father line to he is absolutely convinced in Jedi that there is good in his father like he knows his father much better than he does in Empire Strikes Back like he is certain that there's that his father's redeemable that there's something to to be learned there or something to be done there um Mm -hmm. but they don't interact at all. They don't see each other in that year, not even once, you know? And so, or they don't have, they don't have any sort of confrontation that would, that, or any insight. So Luke has to get it from somewhere else. And where does Luke learn that his father was not, is not just Darth Vader, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and even more, how does Luke, like we'd also know Luke does not go back to Dagobah. So how does he become as badass as he is? Because he is not that confident in Empire. So where does he learn that mm-hmm. stuff? And so just like digging into it is really, you know, that means I get to tell you where he learns that stuff, yeah. which is a really, really cool thing. Um, and it's, it's just a blast. And it's, it's been really fun to, uh, you know, like I, you know, I'm a Luke Skywalker kid. Some people are Han Solo, Lando, whatever, but I'm definitely a Luke Skywalker guy. So getting to tell any part of his, his journey in a significant way is really exciting for me. It was not only like obviously a very exciting sequence. Of course, here's a little some here's a light spoiler or warning for you. Uh, if you haven't read Charles Star Wars stuff, please go read it. But of course, the climax of issue six, and he's fighting yeah. this vision of the Inquisitor and such. And there's a lot of foreshadowing in his dialogue about his eventual uh, death in right. episode eight. Um, yeah, and I just. I just love how you're sowing those seeds of him yeah, because, of course, that's a that's a point of controversy for some Star Wars fans is is mm-hmm. Luke's character arc in that film. Um, I think we can all everyone on the show here can agree this is pretty damn good and yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, and so you sowing those seeds even sooner um, just to sort of I think you know just reaffirms all of that and uh, just makes it even more to me it just makes it even more obvious of that choice that he does get to make at the end of the Last Jedi and just rounds that character out even more, which is what the comics, you know, the, the expanded universe stuff is all about. Yeah. I think, you know, the thing that's really fun about doing Star Wars, and I, we can shift away soon, Ryan. I know you're going to... No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly fine with this. I, I think that the fans <laughs> will like that. The people that listen to the show will love this. Okay. So, so the thing that's really, really great about Star Wars work, um, and I love working for Marvel, too, like in the, in the superhero stuff, too, but the thing about the superhero work is that, you know, it can be can be reset at any time. So all this yeah. Venom stuff, you know, whether it's in five years or 10 years, somebody's going to come along and, and tell a different version of all of this that is going to be amazing for the time and really land and going to be beautiful. But it's going to kind of, you know, reset everything. And, and star, which is not to say that Star Wars didn't do it. Obviously, they did it when Disney bought Lucasfilm and, and there was a complete reset in the canon. But, mm-hmm. but where it is right now is that any story you tell is part of the larger history of the timeline. Right. So if you're, if I'm telling a story set between episode five and six, 
Everything that happened in episode seven, eight, nine, everything that happened in the prequels, everything that happened in the High Republic, all of those things happened too. And so it's part of this sort of rich living history and, and you only tell those story beats once. Nobody else is ever going to tell them. So the story of the lightsaber that Luke got after his hand was cut off and he lost his blue one is, is the yellow lightsaber that we saw him get in issue six of my series. Mm-hmm. You know, like the way that Darth Vader got his red lightsaber, he's got his kyber crystal for his red lightsaber, that's a story that I got to tell. You know, like, the, and, and this is not an ego thing. It's more just like, it's, it's about the way that you can write these stories when you know that nobody else is going to come in and like, it's not going to get retconned. Like, it is yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that is a, a joy, but it's also a responsibility. Like, if you're going to write the story about Luke getting his lightsaber after his hand gets cut off, it's got to be pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I take it all very seriously, and, and I try to tell the stories that I'd like to read and, and experience if, as a Star Wars fan myself. And uh, it's super fun. I'm just really gratified that people respond the way they do, and I get to tell as, you know, I get, I get as many of these beats as I do. It's kind of wild to me. Totally. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. All right. All right. That's the end of the Star Wars chat. Thanks We're so never going to talk about Star I Wars again. It. I got <laughs> two other things that you're working on here. Um, yeah. Undiscovered Country number 10 is out this upcoming oh, yeah. week, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Nice. Talk about uh, how's that going for you and Scott and Giuseppe and the whole rest yeah, of the team. Yeah, so, so Undiscovered Country has been a really weird work to be weird, weird book to be working on during quarantine because the, yeah. the premise of it's an image book. Um, the premise of the book is that the United States seals itself off um, from the rest of the world. And then 30 years later, there's a global pandemic that's ravaging the planet. And the U.S. <laughs> like sort of reaches out and says, hey, you know what? Guess what? We've got a cure. Send in a diplomatic mission and, and we'll negotiate for releasing the cure. Um, and so the mission goes in and they crash land. And then it's sort of like Escape from New York. It's just like utter craziness inside the United States mm-hmm. with all this kind of like remixed Americana and, and, and insanity in many different ways that they were not, they expected kind of like, you know, an advanced society that would just, you know, like a diplomatic thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a wild, crazy adventure as they, as they travel through this changed United States. Yeah. So it's fun. Um, and the artist is Giuseppe Camicoli, who is, who is brilliant. He and I worked Amazing, together on yeah. our Darth Vader series. Um, and I co-read it with Scott Snyder, who is a, you know, you, I'm sure most of the listeners of this podcast know his name. He, did a, He's all right. a legendary run on Batman and, and has done a lot of good stuff. Um, and he and I are, are very tight. We're very close friends. And so we've been working on the series now for like a couple of years. And uh, it was nominated for the Best New Series Eisner, which was very exciting. Yeah. Um, Lost to Invisible Kingdom, which is a great book. Willow Wilson and, uh, and Christian Ward. It's like, um, it's like two word, like similar words. Undiscovered <laughs> yeah. country, invisible kingdom. Invisible yeah. kingdom. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. I, my guess is the voters just got confused. Oh, yeah, yeah, you kind yeah, of yeah. won. You kind of won. In my opinion. I think we kind of did. Um, you should tweet that. Uh, you should say I won the Eisner, and then yeah, it, it's almost count. true. Yeah. What I mean, who's gonna, who's gonna, you know, maybe we'll get that little Twitter, you know, this content <laughs> yeah. has been flagged as. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been, it's been really interesting to write a series about America in this time when America is so like, America is a very interesting place right now to put it an interesting in the sort of like the Chinese proverb, may you live in Bam. interesting times, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's very, I don't know. Like I, I, I would love this country to get in, in one direction. We're clearly going in multiple different directions right now. Um, many of which are not ideal. And, uh, I love, you know, the States I've, I've, I'm an, a you know very much an, a patriotic American through and through, but goddamn, like we gotta get our shit together, and it's it's a it's a real it's it's a bummer. But so so 
but putting that aside, like writing a book about America in a time when America is such is is in really a time of transition, I think, is mm-hmm. is very interesting, and and it seems to resonate with the audience um, because they're you know they're picking it up. It's still doing really well. Um, so you know, I love it. Uh, it it can be challenging because there's this for me and Scott. You know, we 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 talk a lot about it. We're very we understand what we've got. Um, it's, it's one of image images, highest selling titles. We, we know that we're kind of in this under the, in the spotlight almost. Um, and so it's this kind of push and pull between delivering like a fun escapist comic, but also we kind of feel like there's this weird responsibility to, to say intelligent things about America. Um, and we kind of didn't sign up for this because like, like the book was just like, Oh, what a cool sci-fi premise. It's like escape from New York, but it's the whole country. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, oh shit, you know, like we have this book about a deeply divided America seeking unity. Um, how do we, how do we address that in the story? So it's, it's fun, but it's definitely, we, we feel like it's a bit of a high wire act at the same time. So your writing is shifting and changing with it quite a bit as time is going on. Like you, like you say, like current events are, are changing that series as it goes. Yeah. Consciously and unconsciously, like you can't write about some of the things where like, so, so the, the first, so each arc, so the, the idea is that the United States has been divided into 13 zones, and they're all very mm-hmm. different, and they all sort of espouse a, an individual version of what America could be um, if, it, if it focused on different elements of itself. And so the first zone that the expedition kind of crash lands into is, is very much like a, you know, manifest destiny, you know, find your dreams out west. It's, it's basically in the, in the southwest, California, yeah. Nevada, whatever. Um, like, you know, go find your dreams, whatever, whatever you dream you can make happen, um, which is mm-hmm. part of America. And then the second zone is, is about American technology and how innovation has really driven the American experience since almost the very beginning. Like, mm-hmm. and it's a place of invention and, um, you know, progress, constant progress, um, and how that is. And, but each one of these, the point of it is to like, you look at a zone and you, you realize that. If you're too focused on one ideal, it's a problem. Like America is about many things. It's not just about one thing. And so you look at both the possi- the good things about the concepts, but also the bad things. Um, and so as we, you know, it's very like, it, it's, it's hard to maintain perspective, like, like a, like a 10,000 foot perspective looking down on what, what we're trying to say about America when we're living in America yeah. in this time of, of intense conflict and change and, and grow, hopefully growth, I think growth, um, because you want to comment on it. You want to be like, you want to write that author's note at the back and be like, well, I believe this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done some of that. You know, we, we, we did a big, um, you know, we made a, we took the profits of issue six, I want to say, and donate, donated them to uh, uh, the NAACP's. Um, they have a program for like, high schoolers in the arts and uh, that was during all the black lives matter uh, protests um, right. and so which You're are still ongoing all as, the as they should be yeah that's wow. amazing that is it was awesome. a big we we donated $7500 to uh to it which um was that was that was a massive issue it was like a double size issue so it cost a lot of money so but yeah so the profits for that were about $7500 we just made a big donation and it was great um and we felt good about it but you know, it's like we're also just trying to make a comic book, you know, like it's it's the 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 mission that we had when we started has shifted dramatically because of what's happening in the world. And like you're writing a book that's so super focused on the United States and, and unity and division and, and all of these things. And it's it's really interesting. And, and we're we feel like we are we have to pull 
pull from our deepest reserves of talent and skill and intelligence to do it and hopefully it's coming together yeah absolutely man oh yeah well last time we chatted uh you were also working on a little book called curse words uh yeah. oh yeah yeah, the best. Griffin the and I best. were talking right before the show about how crazy this is that your Kickstarter had had the goal of twenty five thousand dollars, and as of today has reached one hundred and forty two thousand one hundred and fifty five dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Congratulations, yeah, it, sir. Of course, that is for uh, your the whole damn thing omnibus. Yeah. Of, uh, yes. Of curse words. Absolutely. Um, no, that was really we were thrilled beyond thrilled. Like we wanted, you know, th- this came about because we were. You know, we, we, we ran it in from mid-May to mid-June, mm-hmm. and this was in the, sort of the throes of, the, of, the, of, the, of quarantine one, uh, and we were like, you know, we, this is when all the shops were still closed, and we just wanted to, to do something to feel like we were being productive and, and we we're getting work out there, mm-hmm. um, and we always intended to do a big omnibus of, of curse words or hardcovers or something like that, and it just seemed like, you know, let's do this and see what happens, and then we ended up, you know, really 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 doing well with it um and and, you know and we this is a book that you know i don't know i don't know if folks out there have read curse words but it's it's a book about basically a a wizard um appear like an evil wizard like a super evil wizard appears in new york city one day (laughs) and his mission is to destroy the world like that's Mm -hmm. what he's sent to do he's going to cast this crazy spell and the world and but it takes him like a month to pull together the ingredients to do it and during in that month he falls in love with the world because where he comes from is a real like evil it's mortal right it's like an evil shithole where everybody hates each other everybody's trying to kill each other all the time right and but here it's like you know you can like go to a bar you can hang out you know and he's the only magic person in the world and so he's kind of like you know i bet i bet if i like told everybody that I could do magic, I could be really, like, I could be awesome here, as opposed to in his home world, where he was basically, like, he was the evilest person, so everyone was afraid of him, here people might love him, mm-hmm. and so he, he decides not to destroy the world, reveals himself as a wizard, says he's a wizard for hire, and starts just doing jobs, and, like, being cool, and, and like, <laughs> he's a super celebrity, he loves it, but his boss, back from the evil place, the whole world, um, is like, uh, hey, you know, you had a job to do. I'm gonna, you know, that's not good. So he starts sending assassins to kill Wizard. The n- Wizard's name is Wizard, which is, is my <laughs> idea, yeah. my best Hell best yeah. idea I've ever had. <laughs> uh, Wizard, and uh, and so Wizard finds himself in the weird position of like defending himself against these assassins, and kind of defending the world because if they kill him, he'll lose his sweet new life as like a nice like a hero, but. Um, He's still super, super selfish. Like, he's a total dick. There's no question. He's like a like an asshole. But he kind of de facto finds himself kind of being a good guy. And it and, and it's this whole saga. There's there's a bunch of issues and um it, it runs for a long time and, and it, it ends up being a story about family and a lot of other things that are really kind of beautiful, I think. Um but it's also super, super funny. Like I the artist is Ryan Brown, who is another Ryan. Yeah, you can't um, do something mm-hmm. with Ryan without it being funny, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh but but Ryan Brown is is I think um arguably Ryan, your skill set is different than Ryan Brown's skill set. And I would say that Ryan Brown is arguably the funniest Better. comic oh. artist, like the you know, I think maybe. Like I don't know who's funnier in comics yeah. drawing comics than Ryan. Yeah. Um I agree. And so 
And so he, you know, so, so every panel is packed with all just like, it's, it's like a sort of a joy. The joy of comics is very much part of curse words. And so we wanted to put this, this beautiful thing we made together into a huge omnibus and, um, we did. And so that was the Kickstarter and it, and the fact that people responded to it that way, I think it was part of like, partly it was quarantine and people weren't able to buy their, their weekly comics. And so they, they spent it on a, on a Kickstarter instead, but, um, we couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe how well it did. And, uh, we're, you know, we have them in hand now. They're going to start shipping out any minute. So people are going to start to get the omnibus. And this is like, this is the definitive edition of the story. We, we did a whole new issue in the back, like an epilogue issue. Nice. We added a lot of extra stuff to make it really cool. And it's, um, it's fun. So if you, if you want it, you can That's order so it. Like cool. my website is just charlesoul.com. You can get, you can order copies there. If you didn't do the Kickstarter, you can also go to cursewords.backerkit.com. Uh, and there's a bunch of like little extra things that you could probably still get. We're gonna start shipping soon, so that window's gonna close. But I saw that you could probably uh, get there. Palette that arrived at Ryan's in Ryan's. Oh my arrived. god! <laughs> yeah, that's I, I. I had a palette of my own. It's not as big as Ryan's, but like you know, it's really. Ugh, I don't. I think know my wife think. would divorce it's, me if I had that many books. In <laughs> She'd be like, yeah, "I'm out." It's you figure this out. Yeah, it's it's not good. They're so heavy. Books are so heavy. Books are so heavy. Speaking of omnibuses, omnibuy, Ryan, every time I'm in the comic shop and I see the Abscarn hardcover, I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is you asking for a free copy. Yeah, if you could hook us up, that would be Proud of my comics dads. I don't have one yet, so. (laughs) No way. Oh, that sucks. It's awesome. You could kill a man with it. I don't even like comics, he says. Okay. Well, with, no, they'll send I think with, soon enough. I think with that, it might be the end of the podcast forever. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's it. Good job, everybody. You it was good closing it out with you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good. Well, hey, I do think that's a good point to, uh, to wrap it up. Um, mm-hmm. Charles, thanks so much for being here, man. Genuinely. Yeah, it's, thank you. It's fantastic to get to speak with a former boss. Um, you know, mm-hmm. end up just put everything aside and uh, and just gush about Star Wars for an hour. All four of us gushing equally. Gushing. I will um, s- gushing. Yeah. I will say after yeah. our last run in with you, we were asking for a letter of recommendation, not whatever not, you gave us. Which I think was a restraining order. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I, you know, look. I would just say keep plugging away, fellas. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's, yeah. letters yeah. of recommendation have to be earned. They're not at like a default. You know, sure. you, like right, right. You know, you gotta you gotta do a good job to get a letter That's of right. recommendation. That's right. And and I'm you know well. I'm always open to it. You know, do a good job. Try to do a good job, and then we'll we'll talk again. You know. All right. Okay. All right, Charles. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Ryan. But it's been great. It's great. It's been great seeing you guys again. Really nice. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Ryan, do you have anything you want to say to the folks before we wrap it up this week? No, I want to say thanks to Charles for putting up with these two nerds um, and their uh, incessant <laughs> badgering of you uh, for such things as letters of recommendation, connections in the industry. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I get it. They're just young. They're just young and hungry. Young, and, sexy uh, creators. So hungry. God. They're so hungry. They're so s- Oh my god! I, you know, like the the hot. listeners at home can't can see, but I can see them. We're on, we're on video on Skype, and they're so skinny. Oh my god! But I will say, really, without yeah. without them, this podcast would be just fine. <laughs> oh, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We'll come, out all right. On we'll come on now. We'll come on now. <laughs> the audio would be. 
<laughs> when not as many crackles and hiss and pops. You oh. would, would be nice. I'm just kidding. You guys are great. You did great. Whatever. Oh, you, carried, you carried this episode. I made a Thank couple you, cracks. Told you about <laughs> Billy. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all you need to be here for, brother. Come on now. It's all good. Um, it's a I will say, episode. just as we're wrapping up, um, mm-hmm. I was not joking about the fiasco thing. You will absolutely be hearing from my people. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. okay. Just brace okay. yourselves again. You know. Right. Well, I did get that $50 from Donnie for the hot ones thing, so we can put that towards the legal fees. That might help a lot. Or yeah, yeah whatever whatever you got, okay? Just, you know, make a list of your assets and mm-hmm. value them as best as you can and we'll we'll see what happens. And if and, and if and as I'm guessing, you don't have enough to cover the bills at this point, uh, the settlement, then we'll just, you know. Yeah, you said garnish. you said make a list of your garnished. assets and by the well, time you got you done know. with that sentence, I was finished making a list of my assets. Yeah. We That's can't okay. the you know what? The way that it can work and this is great. This is going to be great for you guys is that we can get a judge to order um, a garnishment and a garnishment is basically whatever future earnings you make a uh, percentage of those go to me basically until until the debt is paid uh, and now see we can't pay you in a traditional sense with you know money yeah uh, but but we can make you a podcast for free we could uh, whenever yeah. you'd like well as I understand it this is this still earn you the millions Ryan yeah the millions mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah okay well I like millions um I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll talk about it. We'll yeah, talk about absolutely. Sure. Um, okay. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Stegman and his amazing friends. You know all the usual spots you can find us. Find us on Twitter at Stegman Show. If you like what you're hearing here, you want to be on a mailbag episode sometime soon, maybe email us at stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to us on all your podcast stuff, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read that. We love getting those. Uh, if you want to help out with our legal fees, please grab some of our merch at SheridanandSmith.com. Uh, SheridanandSmith.com, you can find our merch. One t-shirt can keep us out of prison. Uh, so. One t-shirt. Or, uh, of course, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash SheridanandSmith. That also would help, yeah. And uh, Griffin and, and I would not do well tears. in prison, let me tell you. <laughs> We're too supple for prison. Yeah. I, I, I believe that's that's the phrase. Um and of course, guys, we did our Hot Ones special last week. If you didn't catch it, it's still on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash segmentr. Um, my asshole hurt quite a while afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I drank quite a bit of Pepto-Bismol. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you boys had similar times. but I had a panic attack it, on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> There's a great moment where Ethan says, I think it's right after DeBomb, and Ethan's like, I'm gonna piss myself. I gotta go <laughs> to the bathroom real quick. So he like shoves the, he pushes the camera back, and this this dolly outward reveals that he's got the entire package of tums next to him, like ready to go the whole time. And I don't know, it was it just wasn't a beautiful enough. moment. It was a beautiful moment. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Oh, there's two other shows on this Amazing Friends Network here. It's Donnie Cates's and Megan Hutchinson's Devil's Advocates Book Club, and of course. Ethan and I's show, uh, Supple Boys. The Crown Jewel of the Network. Those, yeah. uh, the Crown Jewel of the Network. And, uh, and soon to be Charles Soule's Soul Train. Is yeah. a, um, a, new, a new show coming your way so then we can survive and uh, not, get, not lose all of our assets, all three of them. <laughs> yeah. Guys, Ryan, Charles, thanks. Yes. Thanks, thanks for a conversation. Thanks for a good podcast. Yeah, thanks, uh, anytime. Pleasure. Anytime. It was really fun. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.
Bye, everybody. Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Mm-hmm.